Welcome back to the Lily Kate Show. It is a crazy world out there, yet we are here every day trying to reinsert sanity into the atmosphere. Now, Apple, the company, as you may have known, or if you've updated your phone recently, has now a very new, very polished, and very, um, well, typical pregnant man emoji. And here are what TCU students think about this pregnant man emoji. Apple just released a pregnant man emoji. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, Lenny. Lenny from Marisol. Um, You're just in a play where there's a pregnant man. Yeah, <laughs> we're all theater majors. Yeah. I think that's uh, not biologically possible. I'm not very um, well educated on men and in the birthing process in a gay relationship. I've never seen it as happening. <laughs> I've never seen it happen either. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I'm a biologist, so I look at that and I'm like, that's not even possible. I, I don't see an issue with it. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know if I could get pregnant. But. Do whatever the hell you want. Have fun. So that guy like me had a crucifix on. I just, I'm disappointed. I didn't know about that. I'm not sure. Uh, I say, why not? That's an interesting stretch for inclusion. It's awesome. <laughs> cool. Sometimes it can be confusing, especially like with mpreg or like certain fetishes and stuff like that. You see, our culture is a culture of being overly accepting of things that are not possible. Now, there was that one girl in there who said, I am a biologist and my goodness, Kentanji Jackson is quaking in her Crocs right about now. But we have a culture that basically equates happiness to representation. It's a culture that the end goal of life is happiness and representation. What does representation mean? That means someone, well, in the context of having a pregnant man emoji and some things we're going to get into later, is representation of people who also have your same intersectional tags. If you don't know what intersectionality is and analysis of it, we talked about that in last week's episode. You should definitely go check it out. It is basically saying that there is someone who is just like yourself with the same intersectional tags is famous that has money that is publicly visible and is someone who is just like you just a little bit more accomplished and you can look up to them a little bit more we have a culture that has an end goal of happiness and representation see those things happiness and representation have become the highest forms of self-actualized moral goodness. And I'll explain why that's an issue in just a sec. Because the left believes that if you are represented, if there is someone who has your same skin complexion, if there is someone that has the same intersections on the intersectional scale, if there is someone who has the same weird kinks or perversions as you, you will automatically be happy. The left believes that if you're represented, you will be happy. And only if you are represented, that you can be happy. And that's the weird thing. It's because they don't want people of different experiences to make impacts on policy or culture. It's they just want to find a part of themselves in the celebrity elite or the political elite or any kind of other elite group that gets publicity all the time. But only if you're represented can you be happy and legitimized as a people group. Your happiness is tied directly to those who are the same as you, but also famous, rich, and powerful. Thing is, representation in Congress, meaning not like representing your political views, but representing the same skin color, representing the same sexual perversions as you, or in celebrity culture circles or in films, is not something that the average person should crave. Like every person is so excited about Corinne Jean-Pierre because she is a black 
lesbian immigrant that they forget that she's a lousy White House press secretary and she's only been there a week. She seems to care more about and on her first day literally said at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman the first of all three of those to hold this position. You see, all they care about is representation. They don't even care about who's going to make the policy better, who's going to do a good job. They just want people with intersectional tags in positions of power or in positions of celebrity or prominence and culture. The average person, in fact, has not craved representation on the basis of immutable factors throughout the whole of society. But Gen Z, what happened? Gen Z all of a sudden started craving this because it's a, di a disconnected way for Gen Zers to feel like they themselves are the famous ones. They themselves are the elites. They themselves are the ones who have the spotlight. The craving for the spotlight is a very human desire. It's a very corrupt desire. It comes out of directly out of the root of pride. Craving the spotlight for someone who looks just like you is silly. It's something that Generation Z wants because it's an admission that that Gen Zer <laughs> cannot get the spotlight. So the closest thing to that Gen Zer should have it. Generation Z craves representation because they crave something that they can relate to. And they crave something that they can relate to because we are lonely, we are sad, we are depressed. That's all Generation Z is. So we look for representation, we look for relatability, we look for keyword community in all the wrong places. That is why Generation Z and the political elites now emphasize representation so much. It's because we crave that community, we crave that belonging, but we also crave the spotlight. If Beyonce can have the spotlight, then everybody else should be able to in their regarded people groups as well. If a pregnant man can have an emoji, then any other people group should have an emoji as well. But what happens when something that is completely not possible, AKA a pregnant man, claims the spotlight, claims to have representation and to be representing something that doesn't actually exist. That's when you get the insertion of too much representation, too overly accepting, too tolerant, too much of a culture that is so open-minded that their brains have fallen out. And then what happens with that is these people with these crazy kooky beliefs that have no parameters around them reach Congress. This is literally something that happened in a congressional hearing testimony. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Well, at least she was honest. And what's funny about this is now we have that fully taped and transcripted statement from a pro-choice, a pro-abortion, rather, radical leftist in the books forever. We still sometimes look back at notes at the Constitutional Convention from James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and George Washington, although George Washington's notes were barely of any substance. We look back at those, and that is how we get so much context for the founding of America, the, the conversations that went on the debates. They keep this kind of stuff down. They write notes. The people who are involved write notes and keep them for a long time. So all that to say, you are now able to go look at a congressional transcript and say and see that someone was trying to make an argument and had to agree to the premise that men can get pregnant and have an abortion. 
That is crazy. Someone is going to dig up that one day, some like futurist after the world apocalypse happened, and they're going to be like, this is no wonder the society got wiped out. No wonder the Lord hit delete on this society because they're actually bonkers. They're crazy. But as we can see, the leftist ideology is folding in on itself in front of our eyes. And I do know that so many radical leftists have gone so far so fast it's going to come back to bite them in the butt because a lot of the center Democrats or the not as radical Democrats or the Republicans, the libertarian type Republicans are all seeing the radical leftists and saying, I want no part of that. And as we keep saying, November 2022 is coming up and it's going to be brutal. Notice that the only time they talk about men also, the only time they want to include men, the only time they want to represent men is in the context of the process of male pregnancy. That is the only time that men get representation in this left-wing ideology. Not in the process of, of course, what say does the father have in the nine months up to choosing or not to kill the child? Or not, should the father be included in the decision to behead a baby and throw it into a chemical waste vat before they are born? Or the say of who is going to be in charge of child support? Or does the wife get to just throw that onto the husband? Or in many cases, the baby daddy. But men are represented and men have the choice and men are to be included in the limited Yes, an unrealistic, yes, area of when the men are the ones carrying the baby to term. So I'd like to ask a radical feminist, so does that mean that the wife, who I suspect had some part in impregnating the man, have any kind of say whether the man wants to keep her child or not? Does the woman have any say? Oh, that's a hypothetical. That would never happen. Well, if men could get pregnant, clearly then situations like that are happening. Men are included when they are the ones carrying the child to term, which of course excludes real men. It excludes men again. They're trying to stand on this soapbox and say, we are all inclusive. We include men when it matters. But in fact, they're biologically excluding men from their argument right here. So, of course, they include faux men. Their perverted idea of men is the only thing that's included, and they exclude real masculine men. And that is the standard, to include only the most outrageous and fringe left and the only exceptions at the table. And this is where we're going to get back to our idea of representation, the idea of including everyone and everything, flaws, extremities and all, is bogus because it just so happens that there are only so many seats at the table of acceptable. There are only so many seats at the table of societal norms, okay? Once you try to replace normal people with the extremes of every side, then contradiction is bound to happen. Once you claim to have representation from every caveat and every variation of sexual perversion, leftist ideology, gender ideologue worshipers, radical feminists, and the whole, whole racial spectrum of who's a minority and who's not, once you have every single intersection and intersections that are not included on the intersectional scale, aka pregnant men, what we see here is absolute chaos and every everywhere you walk, there is going to be some kind of contradiction. That is what we see here with this congressional testimony. That is the product that we're getting.
too many extra characters are being represented in in her ideology. It's the extreme trans activists, the extreme extreme abortion activists, the extreme feminist activists in the congressional testimony that she gave that automatically there is bred this contradiction that she looks like a dummy when she's cornered in about it. Too many characters are represented in her ideology, so she has contradictions that fly in the face of reality. And instead of just playing by the rules that everyone else is playing by where there are a limited amount of seats at the table of acceptable and societally normal, the left is constantly trying to just expand and expand and expand and then also kick out the people who are legitimately normal, legitimately have normal political and religious beliefs that have been tried and tested for thousands of years that are not a product of some oligarch in a room thinking, hmm, how can we raise the most people out of poverty, but who over thousands of years have thought, wow, you know what? People should be able to keep the goods that they make and then use those goods to make other people's lives better, but also in the interest of the person, also in the interest of the self. The ideologies that normal people subscribe by And by normal, I mean the normal American who's probably a lot more conservative than a radical feminist are ones that work and are ones that are based off of trying and failing and trying and failing and finally finding a system that works. They're not based off of some chemically constructed ideology that sounds really good for everyone, but isn't really good for everyone. So again, if we have too many people who are very on the extreme, who are only on the extreme and only representing a small minority at the seats on the table, we are bound to have so much contradiction that it's going to implode on itself. I always say that I'll hold fast and I will root for reality because reality will always win. Things that work will always win. People will always come up with ideas that they think are the most brilliant things ever, but when it doesn't work and they still believe in it, they start sounding mad. This happens in business all the time, but I believe in reality and the proper timing for proper products and proper ideology. But of course, the reality of beauty is a difficult one too, because a conservative, I have to understand what reality is. I can't change reality, even if it's unfair, even if it sucks, which sometimes it does. The left wants to change reality. And that's the fundamental difference between the premises of the left and premises of the right. And of course, what I mean by left and right is just the product of the French Revolution and the thinking that it's just easy to divide people into. The left wants to change the fundamental principles of reality. And that's why I say I feel like reality is going to win because reality is what is. Reality is oftentimes synonymous with truth, and I'm on the side of truth. A reality I may want to change is that some people are born in undesirable situations. Some people are born and their parents end up dying. Or some people have a sicknesses or natural inclinations to sicknesses, autoimmune disorders, cancers, and then they end up passing away from that. Some people are just more beautiful than others. Some people are just born with acute set of blonde hair and blue eyes and some of us are brown hair brown eyes with big thighs okay sports illustrated had a magazine cover and there has been a lot of controversy around this because sports illustrated not that i know the full history of it but i do know that the purpose of sports illustrated is to basically give people who like sports some soft porn whenever they subscribe to this magazine now in recent cases it's been more hardcore porn But I digress. Now, there was this model who was on the front of the Sports Illustrated magazine who was fat. 
Miss Girl had cellulite around all the places where you shouldn't have cellulite. Her face looked good, I'll admit, and her hair looked good, but we all know that's fake and photoshopped and made up anyway. Jordan Peterson tweeted out a picture of the Sports Illustrated cover featuring this obese woman and said, sorry, not beautiful, and no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. And this is the idea I want to get into. Because even when you try to be inclusive, even when you try to force beauty standards on someone, you are choosing a standard that is not excellent. Excellence is something that so many people do not appreciate in its fullness. And should we should have a standard of excellence again, because excellence excludes. Excellence is excellent because it excludes. Otherwise, it wouldn't be excellence. It wouldn't be excellent. And so if we're going to include fat models, in the definition of beauty, then that is necessarily not the definition of excellence. If you're a model, it's because you have worked hard and worked long and you were gifted with a beautiful body and a beautiful face that you've worked hard to maintain that and curate that and achieve that just because we are trying to be so inclusive of all different types of women, all different types of people doesn't mean that they are necessarily beautiful, especially in the case of Sports Illustrated because beauty is also excellent. However, there is a certain beauty with being okay with reality. And this is really where I wanna get into my big idea today because reality, when it's left to its course, creates variation. Reality creates beautiful flowers. Now, in this case, you're gonna be like, wow, you have a very religious sense of reality. Reality in my uh, mind sometimes is literally just God, God's hand, God's the Holy Spirit at work, God's providence for our nation and um, other things like that. You know, it's a very spiritual reality and the reality that the Lord is in control of everything. So that's really what I mean by reality, because when reality is left to its course, it creates variation. It creates feminine women who are feminine in their own ways. There's not one way to be feminine. It creates re the realities of men who are masculine in their own ways. And that is beautiful. Some feminine women have vibrant communities, some create beautiful buildings, some feminine women lead worship, some make amazing food and they make great jokes and host great dinner parties, some men build up businesses, some men fight in the military, some are better at hide and seek with their kids than others are, aka my dad, the best at hide and seek. Well, maybe the worst because I always found him, so I always, anyway, there are different ways that men and women can be masculine because it varies by person to person. That is beautiful. Conservatives have a habit, and a good habit, I would say, of observing reality and making systems work within the parameters of reality. In fact, I would go so far to say they build systems inside of the confines of reality instead of making the systems work in reality, which yields a certain beauty. It yields a functional and logistical and practical and sensical beauty that you can't get with a lot of leftist ideologies. Leftists attempt to attack the terms of reality and build their systems outside of reality. They demand that reality conform to their systems and their ideas, which of course is a recipe for frustration and divisiveness and degeneracy and ugliness. You can't make someone think that something is beautiful when it is not beautiful in the name of inclusivity. Reality, when left alone, creates variation, which in many cases is beautiful. Variation, when looked at from a purely colored stance, and here's where the leftists are going to, this is their main talking point, is diversity. 
Diversity is a variety of things, a variety of people, experiences, and lives. And if you'll notice, that is the premise premise of intersectionality. That's where intersectionality sets itself up, diversity of life, things, people, experiences. But again, reality cannot be forced. Diversity cannot be forced. That is how it loses its beauty. Something that is forced cannot be beautiful. And it is suddenly not beautiful. Like a woman, if you force her to be beautiful, then she will lack in that department. If you force her to do something that she is not naturally and giftedly inclined to do, then that thing will not be beautiful. It's the same for men. If you force a non-beautiful standard onto a population, they will not perceive beauty. They will perceive forced beauty, which is not beauty. And the left wants to use their power to force variation and to force diversity and to force a standard of beauty onto society that is not natural or part of reality. And of course, since the left is so keen on dominating reality with their political and militant might, does that erase any semblance of beauty from their ideology? 